0: 720 WGN, hope you're having a great evening. Mark Harmon, Andy Mazer, with you. This is Sports Central till 10 o'clock. Our fearless sports director, Dave Ennett, taking some time on a Saturday night to join us as we take a look at what's going on uh, with the Big Ten. Football specific right now, Dave, and uh, no non-conference games. They're just going to play in the conference, which is obviously painful for local schools, and we extend that out to, say, Ball State and Northern Illinois, teams that were scheduled to play Big Ten teams and make a, you know, a huge part of their athletic budget with those games, with the Big Ten also trying to have a season and protect themselves. What was your reaction? I'm assuming you weren't surprised when this uh, news came down.
1: Not really, Mark. I, I think it's been trending that way, and I thought it was more likely they would, they would try something like this first, uh, before canceling the fall season as as the Ivy League did, or announcing they're going to try to play football in the spring. I mean, I think this was kind of Plan B, and then I couldn't tell you what Plan C is. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's it's an adjustment for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the other the Power Five conferences. If they all go this way, it's devastating for. Some of the other FBS schools, I believe there were six of them, you mentioned two, uh, that had two games against Big Ten teams scheduled. But it's also devastating for those FCS programs like Illinois State that uh, were, you know, counting on a, a big uh, game against an FBS team as Illinois State was going to play Illinois. and And plus you lose some of these rivalry games between yep. FBS schools. So I think... It's it's something that is, look, nothing's normal right now, and this certainly falls into the category of abnormal. But I also think as tough as it is, it would be tougher if they just came out and said, all right, we're going to just uh, give up here and uh, wave the white flag and just say there ain't going to be any football. If we could figure out a way to do it safely. And I'm not saying that it isn't ultimately going to end up that way. I mean, I don't think anyone can say for sure right now. Uh, but it it has to be something they can figure out and it can be done safely and 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 in a way that's going to put the fewest but put nobody really in harm's way.
2: Is it really feasible? to, I mean, if if the season does have to move back to say after January one, I mean, maybe they lose a couple of months. But with all the other sports that are going on there, I mean, these universities obviously are, are going to be stretched pretty thin as well as far as being able to staff games and, and things of that nature, especially if they're doubling up in a certain in a certain week.
1: I think it's going to be very difficult, Andy. I mean, I think it could be done, but and I don't think even that that weather is as much of a concern as some people have said. Well, how are you going to play, uh, you know, in the spring in the upper Midwest? It's so well, November can be pretty brutal around these parts too. So I don't think it's that. Uh, but are we really confident that things are going to be that much better in the spring than they are now? from the standpoint of health and safety, that, that's one thing. And, and you're right. I mean, I think it puts a tremendous strain on these athletic departments. And there's a certain rhythm to the sports year, which we're already out of, let's face it, starting the baseball season on July 23rd. I think we can safely say that we're out of the normal rhythm. But I think it would be uh, a, a tremendous adjustment. And, and here's another thing. What about seniors who are preparing for the NFL draft? Now, I know that's not that's not every guy, but for players who are preparing for the draft who've already been opting out in, in greater numbers from bowl games in recent years, if you're a guy who's a senior who's in your final year of eligibility and you're a draft prospect, you're not going to play football in the spring. You're going to be preparing for the, the combine and... And for the draft, I mean, I think it would have to be a concession on the part of the NFL to move the draft back for there to be any way that, that uh, those seniors would, would play. And Now, I guess that the choice for them is, well, you could play in the spring or basically your college career is over anyway. You know, so I, I think there would be some very tough decisions. I, I just I think it could end up happening. I just something tells me it's just not very likely to take place.
0: And I'm walking that one through. It's kind of the way I was seeing it at least Dave, if you know you're going to be drafted, you're not going to play. If you think you need to play your season to put your senior season to make yourself attractive to NFL teams, and then you got to go through it, figure out whatever you're going to do for combines or workouts and also take on the added you know, amount of wor- workload in do- I mean, in playing an incredibly physical sport. I mean, it's a lot. If you – and I I don't know how much uh, you, you know here, Dave. I feel like you might be on the inside on some of this stuff. But, like, what what's the sense you get as far as the next thing coming that, hey, we're going to play a reduced schedule and we're not going to have Nebraska travel to play Rutgers and we're just going to try to condense it as much as possible?
1: Well, I mean, I think that the idea of playing a conference-only schedule – is aimed at cutting down on that travel and controlling conditions around the team and around to have the same set of standards for all the conference members. So you've got 14 institutions basically playing by the same rules. Now, this is going to sound strange. I was actually somewhat uh, encouraged by the news that Ohio State suspended their voluntary workouts this week. Because... And that tells me that Ohio State understands the, the severity of the situation and they're not going to put uh, their athletes at risk and they're going to adhere to the rules that, that I think everybody should adhere to. So what you you would worry about is a school that feels like they're above that and, and trying to do things their own way. But if you get all the Big Ten schools basically adhering to the same standards just like Major League Baseball is doing, just like the NHL I think will attempt to do here in the next few weeks, then I, I think you've got a chance. Now, I, I think with that in mind, it's going to be very difficult to put together a schedule where there aren't flights involved. Yep. And, and look, that's probably the longest flight, right? I Just off the top of my head uh, in, in the Big Ten would be going from Newark – to Lincoln. Uh, Maybe, uh, you know, Iowa would be a close second or Minneapolis uh, or Maryland going to Minnesota, something like that. But you're basically talking about flights of no more than, what, two, two and a half hours tops. So maybe a little more than that. But, you know, I think that they will try to regionalize it as much as they can. But in my mind, they're going to take the open dates vacated by the non-conference schools and then, plug in other conference games there. I don't think they're – but now here's the other X factor. If they want to front-load the schedule with division games, then they're basically tearing it up and and starting over as far as the schedule goes. And then uh, maybe they just do make it kind of a a regionalized schedule where you you split it pretty much geographically east and west. So you'd have the Penn State, Rutgers, Maryland, Ohio State – Michigan Michigan state sort of playing each other and then you got the the schools further west playing each other something like that but you're going to have to have still some geographic crossover games to get to if they want to do say a 10 game schedule.
2: Yeah, this is going to be really interesting if this if this goes down the way it does. And I want to go back to something you said earlier too about you know this is not normal and it's obviously a situation that you know no one expected and no one could have anticipated but How when do you when do you think it's it's the the time to say okay well you know we can't play this season because now if we play it now we're not going to be normal for another year and a half or maybe two years.
1: Well, that's a great point. I I think Andy that we're going to have to know something here. Well, let's see. Today is what July 11th, so Mm -hmm. we're going to have to know something here in the next couple of weeks because just like the NFL is planning training camps at the end of the month, the NCAA has already mandated their, the division one council said you have a six week ramp up to the start of the season, right? So it's, it's four weeks of training camp, four weeks of preseason practice starting. Basically that would be a month before the first game. But before that two weeks of walkthroughs meetings, video work, that sort of thing. So it's basically a six-week process uh, and conditioning, first and foremost, because these guys haven't had the kind of conditioning they, they normally would have. So you want to reduce the risk of injury to the extent that you can. So basically you'd really be talking, if the season's going to start September 5th, or week zero, as they put it, or week one, Uh, basically talking mid-July to be talking about now to start this six-week program, clearly that's not going to happen. So I think they're going to have to come up with something in the next few weeks. And I don't know if they're going to start, if they're going to delay the start of the season. There's been some talk they want to move it up because they're concerned about that second wave and not being able to get to the normal conclusion of the season, which would be, the end of November. Now, if you're playing a 10 game season, you could conceivably do that, but they want to build in some flexibility in that schedule. So if a team uh, has an outbreak or, or there is an outbreak, that they can, as Gene Smith, the Ohio State athletic director, put it the other day, they can hit the pause button.
0: Voice of the Wildcats, Dave Ended. Dave, how many years will it be this year? What season is this?
1: This would be my 31st season.
0: So we all desperately want football, right? And But I, I'm just curious, like from your standpoint, as a, as a Northwestern student, as a man who's been in the booth forever, does it, would it feel incredibly off to you if students are doing their classes at home, online, and yet we're playing football? Would that feel wrong? Well, I mean, certainly it, it,
1: it would feel like something's amiss. I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, but but the idea that the uh, Cubs and White Sox are going to be playing here without fans in a few weeks, without fans in the stands, and the Blackhawks are going to be playing I August up in Edmonton with no fans in the stands. If if the students are home, uh, if they weren't going to be in the stands anyway, and I know there's been talk about having – uh, limited number of fans at, at football games this fall, both college and pro. Uh, but realistically, I can't see the season starting with any fans there. So I think if, if, if they're not on campus and they're not in a stadium, I don't think it would seem as weird. I, I think that uh, if there were other fans there but the students aren't there, that would seem strange. Yeah. Uh, but, again, everything seems strange right now, doesn't it, guys? Yes. I mean, is there anything
2: it, that
0: it, doesn't it, seem it's, odd? It, it, it's so weird. Getting it's, my
2: temperature check before I go into Guarantee Great Field, it seems odd.
0: It, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's odd. It's
1: frightening. It's tragic. Yep. Yep. And, you know, any, any adjective you want to use. And, and, look, there are many, many more important issues right now Facing us than, than whether we have college football this year, but I, I I think if they can figure it out, you know. And here's one other thing that I don't that I think kind of gets lost in the conversation. You know, I hear people say these are young, healthy guys; they're going to be fine. the uh, yeah. the virus The virus <laughs> isn't going to affect that. First of all, you don't know that. Right. There are players with underlying conditions, but there are players with relatives, with parents with underlying conditions and there are officials at the games and there are assistant coaches who are high risk. And so while everybody's uh, seems to be saying, well, it's okay. They, they're college kids. They're, they're, they're going to be fine at yeah, 37 or whatever, however many players at Clemson test positive. You don't know uh, the effect that's going to have on people close to those guys. And, and so I think that, before we jump to any conclusions here, think about the ramifications uh, of, of an outbreak among college football players and, you know, and, and, and anybody in our population. I think we just have to be very careful jumping to conclusions.
0: Dave Ennett, we'll, we'll wrap on a fun note. It's Seven Eleven Dave. We've been talking about your favorite thing that you buy at Seven Eleven. If you go back to your like, if you think about a kid walking into Seven Eleven, what did, what did young Dave buy? Were you going Slurpee? <laughs> Where what was the purchase? Before the, you... the only
1: the only thing I ever remember, I mean, in more recent years, coffee. But <laughs> as a kid, I remember when Slurpees were invented. That's how. That's, yeah, I, 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 I'm a little embarrassed to admit that, but I think it was a, a, a root beer Slurpee was probably the first thing I remember buying.
0: That's good stuff. Dude, that's 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 amazing. Like this, that was like that was an incredible innovation right there. Like better than when you've you know we got the internet, right? The Slurpee. You know,
1: absolutely.
0: But but here's something else, real quick. Two summers ago,
1: I was in Denmark. With uh, Steve Bertrand, travel went to Denmark and Norway, and in Denmark there are, there are tons of Seven Elevens. And our our uh, tour director told us, he said, "This is we've got some outstanding uh, fine dining around. There's there's Seven Eleven, <laughs> and and he wasn't. I mean, they have sit down dining in Seven Elevens in in some of, some of the towns there. Come so, on.
2: Yeah. frozen burritos heated up and served to yeah. you yeah
0: <laughs> i mean they, it's, it's an underrated chicken wing and i say that by the way having never actually eaten it but it looks delicious it's sitting there one of these okay days. try one for me I'll, I'll pass yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey dave thanks for jumping on. we appreciate it all right guys have a good one dave at 720 wgn